Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello, and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the world's greatest Doom Patrol-related podcast all about our favourite superhero team, the mighty Doom Patrol. Hey everyone, I'm Paul. You can find me on Twitter at reading underscore hicks, and you can send us emails to waitingfordoom at gmail.com, and we're on Facebook, and there's a great blog about the Doom Patrol that we, uh, we're pals with the guy who does that, and that's mygreatestadventure80.blogspot.com, and mygreatestadventure80 is of course the first appearance of the Doom Patrol in comics ever, mm-hmm. and all of our episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and podbean.com. Yes, hello, I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at AvantGarve. You can also find on Twitter our sentient show account, Wilfred, who is at WFDPod. G'day, Wilfred, you cheeky scamp, you. Hello, humans. Yeah, and of course, we're here to talk about comics. So, so Mike, how has your week in comics been? It's been light on again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I've just been so busy. Minor plug for our other show, DCOCD. I read Joker's Last Laugh. So we'll cover that in the other show. Um, and I read some Doom Patrol, <laughs> and that was about it. And of course, I read the stuff that we're going to be talking on th- about on this episode. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I, again, I've been watching more stuff than reading it. Uh, more Star Trek Discovery, that's always good. Uh, I believe the season f- finale for The Good Place, which kind of messed me up a little bit. Uh, so yeah, it's just I've just been it's just been a really busy start to the working year for me. So. I'm a bit behind on stuff, but not the first yes. time. <laughs> yeah, it seems like one of the uh, downsides of doing a podcast about comics is you actually have to read the comics for the podcast a lot of the time. And yeah. since we're you know, DC OCD is heading into the year 2000 and beyond, um, every single podcast involves us reading like 95,000 comics <laughs> or something because the, the events don't get small in the 2000s. No, they so. do not. No. <laughs> But um, I did make a conservative effort to catch up on some of my Marvel backlog because okay. um, I have quite a bit of digital Marvel sitting there waiting to be read. So I read um, the first few... Well, I'm caught up with Fantastic Four now, the, the new um, Dan Slot series, and it's, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's had a really terrible start. I thought oh. like really failed to bring the team back in any sort of logical way, and it didn't mesh with the other sh- uh, other comics that were out at the same time, which right. were probably better. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it seems to be settling down into something. So, uh, okay. yeah, Doctor Doom, for those of you who care about him, is coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a surprise in the yeah. Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, all caught up on Domino. I read. Oh, I read all of um, Jason Aaron's uh, Avengers, and that's oh, okay. pretty. Yeah, um, what is it? What, what, I'm having a crisis where I like the Avengers comic better than I like the Justice League comic at the moment. <gasps> Each of their own, you know. As long as, so long as you are enjoying your comics and you're not hate reading them and then going online and tagging creators to tell them that yeah. you hate them, you know. Yeah, that no, would be. No, not doing that. Uh, I believe that's called a dick move. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And no one ever does that, which is no, great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, uh, nothing much to speak of. It's, mm. um, you know, what I want to read, what I have to read. It's, it's, uh, the eternal struggle. Yeah. 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 
But anyway, that that that's probably it for me. Yeah, it's it's very light on for both of us from the sounds of it. So yeah. Oh mm. look, this stuff happens, you know. Real life gets in the way, and 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 sometimes comic book reading becomes more homework than anything else. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, let's move on. Have we got anything to have a look at in News Patrol? We do. Sweet. Okay, so News Patrol, we we still haven't got a proper trailer for the Doom Patrol TV show, but I don't, I don't think they're going to do one at this point. I think we're just getting little, you know, taster um, little videos that are really yeah. just, you know, um, the characters and swirling graphics and things like that. Um, and and yeah. stock photos in some of those graphics, as <laughs> Shag uh. pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there, for those of you who don't know, there's a um, sort of, online promo it's just a visual of um uh, what are we calling him? negative man larry trainer yeah uh, that guy. with his bandages and he's um sort of surrounded by he's got a landscape behind him upside down which is cool and in front of him there's these tulips to the side and they have a watermark from the uh graphic site where those were pinched from yeah. by uh, someone and um i'm calling this tulip gate <laughs> <laughs> the tulip gate scandal um Hashtag does anyone, gate. Yeah. yeah, does anyone care? I don't know, but you know that's that's not very cool for a, an organisation like DC Universe to uh, yeah. to have that happen. Perhaps it was an intern. Perhaps it's you know someone. You know, anyway, it's it's a poor circumstance regardless. It would uh, be hilarious if somehow stock photography was worked into the storyline somehow in some way. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe it's an inside joke. You never know. Well, that would be a left turn if that happened. <laughs> And we've never had left turns with the Doom Patrol. Never. Uh, well, yeah, that's a particularly left turn. It is. Anyway, anyway. Um, so yeah, we're we're in the. You know, what are we down to? We're down to a few days till the show starts. A week and a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So wow, that's quite amazing. Mm. Um, and we are doing our best to. Uh, we'll try and have some fairly current coverage of the show as it happens. So yeah. Uh, fingers crossed for that one. We're, we will see what the tech gods can do for us. Yeah, anyway, or something. So, yeah, we will definitely talk about it in some form. Mm. Yeah. Whether it's just mindless speculation or informed talk, <laughs> you'll have to wait and see. We're, yeah, we'll see. But in more accurate and um, informed information, we do have a little synopsis that's been uh, coming out about uh, what's happening in the first two episodes of the show. So. Um, Put your put your ears uh, well, put your ears aside if you don't want to hear. And you're <laughs> trying to be spoiler free. Uh, but in the series premiere episode, the team, tired of being stuck in Doom Manor, decides to visit the local town while the chief is away. However, this seemingly harmless field trip leads to some grave consequences, including an encounter with the mysterious and powerful Mister Nobody. <gasps> series star Alan Tudyk. Following Mr. Nobody's capture of Niles Calder and the destruction of Cloverton, Ohio, the Doom Patrol investigate the mysterious albino donkey and discover it, it is a door to another universe, where one where Mr. Nobody is in control. Cyborg, a.k.a. Victor Stone, or Vic Stone, as it says here, series star Jovian Wade, a part-man, pout-machine hero from Detroit who has his own complicated with Niles, 
joins the search. Ooh. Ooh. So it sounds like big happenings in the opening. That's, two that's yeah, that sounds like a big kickoff to proceedings. Yeah. Destruction yeah. of Ohio. Yeah. Wow. Albino donkey. <laughs> uh, cyborg having a complicated relationship with Niles Calder. Ooh. Mm. That's unusual. No one has a complicated relationship <laughs> with Niles. Why is this bad guy coming after us? Oh, he knows Niles from, you know, earlier in their lives. Oh, again? Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a great throwback to the trope in the um, Series 1 comics where every scientist who ever met uh, Niles Calder became a supervillain. Yeah. <laughs> True. True. Uh, but yes, that, that sounds very exciting stuff. I'm very keen to finally mm. lay my eyes upon this show when we can. So, yeah. Yes, uh, and I'd also like to give a quick shout out to Lance at the team uh, on. There's a Doom Patrol Facebook group uh, called the Doom Patrol on the DC Universe streaming channel. Uh, it's got some almost like four and a half thousand members, uh, and there's a good portion of those members who are actually involved in the show. Uh, they, they've got some of like the the crew working behind the scenes, some of the stuntmen on there. Uh, they've got a bunch of creative types from the comic books who are there on the, the group as well. And there's lots of interesting tidbits about the show on there too. So if you're uh, a Facebook type person, if, if you have a look for this group, it's called The Doom Patrol, then with three exclamation points after it, uh, then the little tilde sign, and then it says on the DC Universe streaming channel. So lots of cool stuff on there. Yeah, and it's a closed group, so you really have you have to apply to join, and then they yeah. say yes. Yeah, and but look, they let us in. It. Yeah, so it's not that fussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I uh, know lots of good lots of good stuff on there, lots of good speculation, um, and you know, there's there's shots from um, all the the promos that have been out and some of the comic book art. So yeah, it's it's a really uh, and uh, I'm just scrolling through it now. There is a mention that Steve Dayton is going to be on the show. Mm. Yeah. Well, seriously, I actually love Mento, and I think it's a character with a lot of potential as long as they don't do him one note, I reckon. He's yeah. he's interesting character. I like my Mento with shades of grey. I don't want him to be just a villain uh, or just a hero. Uh, oh. Yeah, and I, I have always championed the fact that... Um, Mark Russell, who writes um, very um, acerbic takes on modern society, should mm-hmm. write a Minto series um, uh, focusing on the fifth richest man in the world Ooh. aspect of Minto, because I can't think of anything better than uh, Mark Russell writing a, a comic about a millionaire, or a billionaire <laughs> in this case. Interesting. Co- that okay, I would read that. As much as I hate Minto, I would have to read that. So. Oh, the potential for commentary on society would mm. be enormous in that. Anyway, yeah, just a thought. Um, what? Now it's not really uh, TV news, but we are hearing rumors. There's rumors in the in the um, internet that perhaps uh, we're going to get a new Doom Patrol soon. Sorry, did you just say rumors on the internet? What? No, no, no. it's unimaginable. <laughs> okay. But this is the fantasy I want you to imagine. Okay. Right? Okay. So, right. All right. Yeah, so um, we have heard a little whisper that perhaps Tom King has been linked with the Doom Patrol. Mm. And that's that would be a power move by DC, taking one of their biggest writers and putting him on a comic that has traditionally not been their biggest comic. But, yes. Um, 
a sort of niche thing. But, you know, considering what he did with Mr. Miracle, um, that would be huge. And if he brings um, Mitch Gerards along, um, we would have two people with Gerard in their name involved with the Doom Patrol (laughs) back-to-back. Yes, yes. That's uh, yeah that yeah that would be a fantastic team to see on the book if there is any truth to this rumor. No, that internet. would catapult cat, that would catapult the book to a list, wouldn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, which would be quite wise considering the TV show being mm, there. Yeah, <laughs> if only they had sort of you know planned this months ago, you know. To have it on on the shelves in time for the TV show. Anyway, you know, it's just just a bit of logic there. But what would we know mm. about comics? Mm. But Mike, I just have one question for you. Okay, what what's this question, Paul? Um, what's that ticking? <laughs> right. Um, it's a little thing you may not have heard of before. It's called the Doom Clock. What? I know. It's shock. Like rumors on the internet. What the hell? <laughs> So yes, as we look upon the face of the mighty Doom Clock, we can see that it's been just over 12 weeks since we had a new Doom Patrol book in our hot hands, that being issue 12 of volume 6 from Gerard Way, Jeremy Lambert, Dan McDade, Tamara Bonvilla, Nick Darrington, Todd Klein, Molly Mahan and Mark Doyle. That issue saw the Reynolds family fighting to free the Demonscape from Margoth the Demon Lord, and we discussed this back in episode 131. So, a few months ago now. Yeah. Uh, issue 13 is at this stage scheduled for who knows when. Mm. Mm. Perhaps never. Perhaps never. We, as you just said, you know, if a certain rumour on a certain internet thingy uh, becomes true, it could be a new, a new number one. Mm. Could be volume seven. Could be. Ooh, that's Ooh. a lot of volumes. It is. It is. But at least, look, at least they didn't all have to die. Do you think they'll ever do that thing when they just add all the nuns together and then they go, oh, it's the 200th issue of the oh, Doom Patrol? Oh, God. Okay. Uh, I don't know. They, I hope they don't, but they they might. I don't know. That would I'm not a fan weird. of that. I'm not a fan no, of that. No, no. That's what Marvel does these days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They go, this is the you know 400th of Venom comic. And you go, well, yeah. there were huge really. gaps. I mean, I can get it with action comics and detective comics because they sort of had back-to-back runs and they were continually published. Yeah. But, um, you know, Doom Patrol had, what, nine years between volumes at times. So. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right, Paul, are you ready for the This Week in Doom Patrol History Mystery Challenge. Quiz? Challenge. <laughs> As always, I'm as ready as I am. Okay, right. Look, I'm, I'm sure the listeners love this segment and this part of this segment just as much as you and I do. Um, okay. It's a magical mystery tour. Um, okay. The thing is, is that you're probably going to get this one really quickly. Um, oh, okay. Okay, so your first clue is $3.99. Whoa, okay, so that's, uh, what's that, Milk Wars or something? Mm, no, no. Okay. But but you're looking in the modern era, so... Okay. Yes, definitely, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, the cover art for this issue is the same that is used for the trade paperback that it appears in. Okay, so in that case, is it... It's either the um, Terry Nunn doing jazz hands. 
No. Or the other one. <laughs> or the other one. <laughs> um, issue six with the team gathered. You are so close. Oh, issue five? What, what, where, where am I going wrong? <laughs> okay, I'll put you out of your misery. It's issue seven of Doom Patrol volume five. Ah, yes. Came the out on... Popping out of holes and things. Uh, yes, there's like a big explosion in the background and, and sort of... Uh, Negative man is standing on what looks like the head of a statue or something, and Cliff's there with a leg and an arm missing, and Reach is sort of laying, you know, um, behind them on the ground, looking at the viewer, at the reader. Um, so yeah, when you said issue six, I was like, oh, you're one off, because it's issue seven of Doom Patrol five, which came out on February third of twenty ten, for the cover price of three ninety nine. Yeah, wow. With a cover date of April of that year. Uh, the story was titled While You Were Out and was brought to us by Keith Giffen, Matthew Clark, Cliff Richards, not the pop singer, uh, John Livesay, John J. Hill, Guy Major, and Elizabeth V. Gerling. Uh, apologies mm-hmm. if I mispronounced that, Elizabeth. Uh, the story itself showed the aftermath of the Black Lanterns attack on Oolong Island. So Ooh. the team was in a little bit of disarray. Uh, elsewhere, a certain businessman whose name rhymes with Bayer Bost. <laughs> he begins gathering metahumans for his own mysterious purposes, including a certain Dr. Sven Larsen. Ooh. Oh. Sounds like a really good comic we should talk about sometime. We, we should. Because <laughs> uh, we haven't covered anything from Volume 5 at this stage, but all being well, when I look at the schedule, uh, we should reach it around the middle of the year. Mm. So year five of Waiting for Doom is mostly going to be about volume five of the Doom Patrol. Mm. The the musical performer known as Cliff Richard, um, which isn't his real name, um, he apparently he deliberately held the S off his name so he could correct people in the media and oh. get, get his name said twice. Oh, wow. They say, my name's not Cliff Richards, it's Cliff Richard. And they go, oh, Cliff Richard. And then, yep, you know. Wow. Um, brand reinforcement. And, um, yeah. By weird coincidence, Cliff Richard was the first concert I ever went to because I am a wild man. You are wow. Who? Uh, uh, what year was that? Uh, I think it was like it was wired for sound era. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Jeez. Okay. Oh, I'm learning so much. <laughs> yeah. Just just gonna make a note for the musical outro for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I do like I like small speakers. Yes. Do you? Do you like tall speakers? <laughs> I do. Cool. Oh, Good to know. Good. <laughs> anyway, that is it for the two clock this week. <laughs> Hi, I'm John Wilson, and I'm Michael Kaiser, and we're the hosts of the podcast Make Hours Marvel. You know, here we are in 2018, 10 years into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, can you believe we live in a world where everyone's old Aunt Petunia knows who Iron Man is? It's crazy, right? So, to celebrate, we're on our mission to explore the roots of the Marvel Universe. You know you've thought about it. Some of you may have even done it, and now we're going to do it too. We're diving back into the long boxes of Marvel's history and podcasting our way through the whole universe. All of it. Every superhero issue. And, if I can convince Mike, we'll even do Sergeant Fury. And it's not going to be one issue per episode. That'd take forever. 
<laughs> it's still going to take forever. But no, we're going to talk about as many comics as we can in an hour. Yep, an hour and, you know, maybe a little change every week. Marvel Comics. So it'd be super cool if you came along for the ride. Look for us every Friday at MakeOursMarvel.com. That's MakeOursMarvel.com. Or on iTunes and all the other usual podcasty places. And if you want to read along with us and send us your thoughts, we might even read emails. So until Avengers Infinity War gets a spin-off Warlock in the Infinity Watch TV show, Make Ours Marvel. And now it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the show, or Paul's 10th favorite segment, apparently. Uh, it's time for Doomsplaining. And this week, we've got a bit of a grab bag that's... It's Quite a bit of variety in Doom Spain this week, in that we'll be looking at three different comics that uh, have Doom Patrol related stories in them. Uh, so we're going to be looking at Vertigo Jam, Legends of the DC Universe 80 Page Giant number two, and the Secret Files and Origins Guide to the DC Universe 2001 to 2002 number one. Oh, that, was, that was a mouthful. That's God. catchy. Hmm. It is. It just rolls off the tongue. Anyway, Paul, how about you kick us off with a look at Vertigo Jam? Okay, so to understand Vertigo Jam, you've got to understand that it came out in the midst of the Rachel Pollock run of the Doom Patrol, where mm-hmm. we've had the Grant Morrison run, and then Vertigo started bang with the first issue of the Doom Patrol after Grant Morrison left, which was when Rachel Pollock started. And in this yes. version of the team... Um, Danny the Street is no longer there. Crazy Jane is no longer there. Uh, Rebus has done something, left, gone to the moon, something over. I can't remember now. Um, but, yeah, the team moved to a retirement home in the uh, place of Violet Valley. And um, it's a haunted retirement home and wackiness ensues. So Dorothy's there. The chief is there. He's just ahead for most of this series. And yeah. Cliff is there. And there's a few new characters. But I'll take you through what happens. So at Rainbow Estates, the haunted retirement home and current headquarters of the Doom Patrol, Dorothy Spinner, the eight-faced girl, is messing with a gadget that Charlie, the living doll, don't ask, found via the back of a magazine. <laughs> Uh, it appears to be an elaborate retro helmet with a huge battery and lots of wires. So Marion, the bandage person who lives in Violet Valley, um, looks like a sort of 1950s character with covered in bandages, uh, married to George, the other uh, bandage person. Uh, she asks Dorothy what it is, and Dorothy tells her it's a psychic radonic transmitter shield to protect you from bad, bad vibrations. Seems legit. Oh. Marion questions the wisdom of a powerful psychic like Dorothy using such a device, but Dorothy tells her, don't worry, it'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Anyway, uh, she turns it on, and after a few seconds, there's a mighty whoosh, and two ghostly meteors rocket out of the house, um, bashing a hole through the wall and into the sky, one trailing wires and the other's feathers. Anyway, one one by one, the rest of the Doom Patrol enter to see what happened. First, Cliff Steele, a.k.a. Robot Man, and then next, the Chief, Niles Calder, who is currently ahead in a tray of ice cubes with a voice-controlled motorised trolley, and Chief tells Marion that his monitor readings tell him that the SRS has been stirred up. So what's an SRS, I hear you asking? Um, that is a sexually remained spirit, or the ghost of someone who died in a sexual misadventure. Um, so this house is full of uh, SRSs. So people, anyway, it, it's a whole thing in this comic, and one of the most, one of the more amusing things about it. 
Yes. Anyway, yes. Uh, George, the partner to Marion, the other bandaged person in the house, uh, they head into town with Dorothy to sort this out, uh, to track down the errant spirits, who are Feathered Jonathan and Alice Wide for Sound. Oh, we're another clear friendship connection. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Wow, what a, an amazing coincidence. Sorry, that's just too funny. <laughs> and everything's coming up cliff tonight. That's weird. Yeah. Um, so, Jonathan died in a parachuting accident. Uh, well, technically, it wasn't a parachuting accident because he wasn't wearing a parachute because he preferred to wear this sort of feathered cape. Um, and I thought that the parachute right. sort of was cramping his uh, sexy style. Um, and that led <laughs> to his demise and his becoming a sexually remained spirit. And mm-hmm. Alice was a switchboard operator at a nursing home who um, saw that everyone was really depressed and rewired an intercom system to share her own ecstasy, but was uh, uh, killed by the feedback from everyone else. So, oh. right, it's pretty pretty standard stuff <laughs> <laughs> for the Doom Patrol, anyway. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, um, in town, Alice has made her way to the diner and possessed a drink fountain, uh, causing sexually suggestive lyrics to overwhelm the waitress with pleasure and inspire two two teenage girls to spontaneously start kissing. Sexy. Um, George, Marin and Dorothy locate Jonathan, who appears as a sort of autonomous cape made of feathers flying around, and George tries to grab Jonathan with his bandages, which he can use sort of like uh, tentacles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the ghost attacks him by pummeling him with feather bullets as such. Um, Dorothy is also trying to grab Alice, who has now emerged from the diner, but uh, the ghost swells around her, making a vortex. Um, not the vortex from volume four. Uh, right. No, not the blue alien guy. Ah, oh, good. Good. Yeah. yeah just yeah. clarifying. Anyway, sorry. Cool. Who are the devolutionists? Sorry. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Finally, uh, Dorothy calls her imaginary friend Honey Pie, who we've never seen before. It's exciting. Uh, Who looks like a sort of a tree with sort of two tree legs and two tree arms. Mm -hmm. Um, And her torso looks like um, a sort of beehive. And her head is a honeypot. And um, she basically pours honey all over the sexy spirits to um, calm them down. Um, (laughs) Could go either way, but it does actually calm them down. Phew! <laughs> and um, as the team prepare to depart the scene, carrying the two sexy ghosts away, uh, they're watched by the two girls from the diner who are now holding hands, and one asks, want to come to my place? And the other girl says, hmm, that would be delightful. And that's the end of the sexy story. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, this one is a little bit of a taster for what uh, the Doom Patrol under Rachel Pollock was. I, I think this is sort of a good representation of that. It, mm. it was a little little bit edgy, and, you know, probably more edgy when it came out in... What year was it? I didn't say that. It came... This Vertigo Jam came out in 1993 in mm-hmm. August. Um, yeah. And it, I should explain, Vertigo Jam was just a... What it is, it's a jam comic, so it's got all the Vertigo main stories at the time. So there's a Shade the Changing Man, there's um, Animal Man, there's Hellblazer. Um, Sandman. Sandman, yeah. Yep. Who can get Sandman? Me, me apparently. <laughs> 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 and a few others. But basically, you know, there were short stories that gave you a taste of the whole thing. And it was just only eight pages, and it was written by Rachel Pollock, and the art was by Eric Shanauer who um, I think he's famous for doing the Age of Bronze comic and the Oz comics, which he wrote. With, oh, um, okay. Yeah, the the Marvel Oz comics. 
with right. uh, Scotty Young art. Ah, uh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, you know them? Yeah. Yep, yep. And um, colours were by Thomas J. Zuko, and mm. um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's not a bad little story, and it's called Spooks Return Satisfied, which, if you notice, has the uh, anagram, um, no, the acronym SP- SRS. SRS. Mm. I have to admit, I am 99% certain that this was the first Doom Patrol story I ever read. Oh. This was my introduction to the Doom Patrol. Because at the time, uh, I I bought Vertigo Jam because I was crazy about Sandman. I loved that series. uh, And I saw that he was going to have a short story in this Vertigo Jam comic. So I thought, you know what? I'll pick it up and I'll see what else Vertigo is doing. Because I didn't really know what else they had out there other than, you know, Sandman. Uh, And so, yeah, that was my introduction to the Doom Patrol. So I completely bypassed all of the Morrison case stuff. I I wasn't even aware. I mean, I knew there was a comic called Doom Patrol, but I never picked it up, never read any of it. Uh, It just looked too weird for whatever reason. So, yeah, this... I'd either picked up... Uh, the first issue of Pollack's run around the time that this came out, um, or I'm, I'm more confident that I got Vertigo Jam before that. But yeah, the, the Pollack era was my introduction to it. So I, I was just like, what is this? Who is this guy? His head is in an ice cube tray. <laughs> What's with all these sexy guys? What the hell is this? And that's that's what got me into the Doom Patrol. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. Wow. A, little bit of, a little bit of mic history for you all. You're welcome. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but that's not the only comic we're covering. So, Mike, what's the next one? The next one we're looking at is Legends of the DC Universe 80-page giant number two, which had a cover date of January 2000, but actually came out November 10th of 1999. Uh, $4.95 got you 80 pages, unsurprisingly. Uh, so this had uh, a bunch of different stories in there, uh, putting the spotlight on characters such as the Challenges of the Unknown, Dead Man, Wonder Woman, the Metal Men, Mr. Miracle, even the Legion of Superheroes. But the one we'll obviously be focusing on stars Gar Logan, aka Beast Boy or Changeling. And he's in a story titled Passenger 15B, which doesn't, doesn't give much away. Uh, so this was written by Jeff Johns. Uh, so it gives a bit more of an insight into his... He, he loves the Doom Patrol. You know, he's, he's done some great stuff with them in little bits and pieces, and this is another one of those. Uh, so this story opens with Gar getting punched in the face, oh dear, uh, as he's mid-fight on a commercial plane that's mid-flight. It turns out that the metallic being smacking him around is none other than John Dubrovny, a.k.a. Mr. 103, although due to a change in the periodic table between his debut and now, he's informing Gar that he's actually now Mr. 104. Because he's able to turn into any any element on the periodic table. And we haven't talked about Dubrovny since, I think it was episode 30, uh, which we released back in August of 2015. So it's it's been a while. Uh, so anyway, as get as Gar is getting kicked in the head and his lug, luggage goes flying through the open airlock, he comments that it's just his luck, just like the rest of his whole stinking life. And it's here that we're treated to a flashback, Paul. Yay! Yay. We, love, we love flashbacks on this show. Yes, we get a flashback of Gar's life. Uh, how, as a child, he caught a disease called Sakuchia, 
And while his parents did save him with an experimental antidote, the side effects were, firstly, his skin became green, and then he also had the ability to transform into any animal he could think of. But then tragedy struck and his parents died in an accident, but eventually he met the Doom Patrol, whose members Elastigirl and Mento would eventually become his adoptive parents. But then tragedy struck yet again when Madame Rouge uh, caused the death of the Patrol, and once again Gar was alone. So as he grew older, he got into acting, starring on a show called Space Trek 2022, uh, and then he ended up joining the Titans West and eventually the New Teen Titans. And it was during his his time with that team that he managed to track down Madame Rouge and avenge the Patrol, which was a story we covered all the way back in episode 15 from April of 2015. Uh, That was an awesome story where he, he avenged them and got... Gave Madame Rouge what for. Uh, anyway, uh, it was during that time that Gar found a true friend in Victor Stone, aka Cyborg, uh, who we learn is the one that dropped Gar at the airport for this trip to Hollywood. So as Gar boards a flight, he's lamenting that he's in coach and that no one appears to recognise him at all in the airport. Uh, and he finds himself seated beside a strange-looking man wearing a trench coat and a wide-brimmed hat. This man is, of course, Dubrovny, who is not only getting annoyed that Gar won't shut up about how poorly he's been treated so far this trip, but he's also freaking out that Beast Boy has somehow managed to track him down and is toying with him. So as the flight goes on and uh, people can undo their seatbelts, Gar gets up and announces that it's time to hit the boys' room. And it's at this point Dubrovny finally explodes, saying, It's time to hit something, all right. You think you can fool me, beast boy? I don't know how you found me, but I'm not going back. And this is where we came in at the start, with the fight breaking out. Although now we get to see Gar change into a kangaroo and then a lynx to try and avoid Dubrovny as he turns metallic and punches out the airlock. Gar appears to gain the upper hand for a minute by turning into a boa constrictor and wrapping himself around the villain, but Dubrovny punches the wing of the plane they're standing on so hard that part of the wing explodes. Mr. 104 then turns into a gas, says happy landing, loser, and escapes in the high-velocity winds. So Gar has to turn himself into a giant pterodactyl to help the plane land safely. So as the media arrives to interview the passengers about their little adventure, Gar gets excited that someone is about to mention Changeling, but instead they say it was some green guy sitting in 15B who saved the day. (laughs) (laughs) Frustrated, Gar becomes a bird, flies off, and reassures himself that soon everyone in Hollywood will remember the name of Beast Boy, which then actually leads into the Beast Boy miniseries, which we covered in episode 43. From December of 2015. God, we talked about a lot of Titan stuff in 2015. Oh, we did. It was that type of year. <laughs> it was. It was. What did you think of that story, Paul? Uh, uh, well, it, it actually makes me anxious because, uh, you know, the older you get when you say you're going to the bathroom, it's because you bloody need to go. And he never, <laughs> he, he never actually gets there. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sure I speak for everyone when I say that's the most important thing about the story. Um, right. You, you, no, it's a, it's a it's a fun little romp. I mean, it's mm. it, it's basically setting up um, who Changeling is, his background uh, for the Beast Boys and Girls arc, which happened in the early issues of uh, Jeff Johns' Teen Titans run. So this was sort of right. a taste, taster story for that. So so yeah, so it leads into that Beast Boy series, uh, which we talked about in episode forty three. So uh, correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, where he's in Hollywood proper. So yeah. th- this yeah. is the, the the prelude to that, the, how he got there and got kicked in the face by Dubrovny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so it's fun. I mean, I like the uh, flashback pages and the you know the fact that um, Jeff Johns takes the time to sort of uh, give sort of the crib notes on Gar's history. Yeah, you know? it's it's a, a very succinct but well done flashback. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, yeah. and it, it's sort of a flash montage rather than a back. Well, true. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to cover in there, and and Johns does it well. Yeah, yeah it's a, a flash, fun little raid. Yeah, a flash targe. As it were. Yes. Uh, a battle back? <laughs> That'll catch on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and anyway, Paul, take us on to the final comic we're looking at tonight. Oh, yeah. So this is a Secret Files and Origins. So um, these were sort of, uh, they usually had a few short stories and they focused on whatever the topic was. So a lot of them were linked to events or particular teams. In this case, this was sort of, hey, everyone, what's happening in the year 2000 to 2002 in DC Comics? So, hey. Uh, yeah. So it had um, a story about sort of the year in the life of the DC Universe, which is um, sort of starts off with No Man's Land and then it ends uh, with a Joker's Last Laugh and it has Our Worlds of War in there. And it's a bit of a, like, if you're not actually reading this the year it came out, it's a bit of a mess. You know, because <laughs> I mean, right. it's like, I don't remember that, I don't remember that. What's that referencing? I don't know. You know, perhaps listening to DC OCD will help, but perhaps not reading that story will help. Anyway. So it hasn't um, aged well. It has not aged well. Mm, okay. And, yeah, and the rest of the comic, it's got a Legion story at the end, which is sort of setting up... Um, Dan Abnett and Annie Lanning's run. Uh, mm-hmm. They were a yeah, pretty good team on Legion, but you know okay. they're doing a short story there. And in between, it's got these profile pages, sort of think who's who for different teams. But there's the Doom Patrol one for the the Arcudi Hewitt Doom Patrol. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, f- for context, the other pages around it are um, massive, massive stars like uh, Josie Mack and uh, Haven. <sighs> right. And... Uh, Orpheus, right, and the Power Company, which some people will remember fondly, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Keith Giffen's version of the Suicide Squad. So, okay, right, yeah, right. <laughs> it's big <Yeah>. names. <laughs> anyway, so I thought I would read the entry for the Doom Patrol. So this is—it's got a really nice picture of the team. Um, it looks like Cliff is holding up a massive slab or something and everyone mm-hmm. else is leaping into action around him so you've got Ava and um, Negative Man 2 or Ted fast forward as he's sometimes called you've got uh, Fever, Shailene Lau and Vic Darge who is Kid Slick and they're all looking very enthusiastic about this but um, it says Doom Patrol first appearance historical My Greatest Adventure 80 June 1963 and first appearance current team Doom Patrol third series number one December 2001 at its inception, the Doom Patrol was a team of super-powered misfits recruited by the altruistic Dr. Niles Calder to thwart menaces to humanity. Calder and the original Patrol are long gone, survived only by Cliff Steele, the Bronze Basher, Robot Man, I like that, the Bronze Basher, mm. um, lone constant in every subsequent incarnation of the group. Once a world-renowned sportsman, Steele suffered a devastating race car crash and later found his brain transplanted into an automaton body of cold, sophisticated design. Resigned to his freakish fate, Robot Man battled alongside the patrol even while society reviled them. With the original membership dead or otherwise transformed, the Doom Patrol is currently a registered trademark exclusively licensed to Thayer Joss, CEO of Joss Incorporated. <laughs> Cliff Steele, 
for mostly monetary reasons, now serves as the task force commander of a corporate cadre of mostly novice metahumans. Shailene Lau, codenamed Fever, can raise the temperature of anything or anyone. As Kid Slick, Vic Darge possesses a frictionless force field aura. Ava, last name unrevealed, is known to her teammates as Freak, able to create, I like this description, sylph-like tendrils of unknown origin. Finally, Ted Bruder, codename Fast Forward, is a prescient with the limited power to see up to 60 seconds into the future. In a nod to Steele's former teammate Larry Trainer from the original Patrol, Ted's withering sarcasm has earned him the nickname Negative Man. So, yeah, that sort of sums up the team. And in yeah. this was fairly early in their run at this point. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, that's why I bought this comic, just for that page. Cool. <laughs> And as a historical document to, you know, years gone by in the DCU, surely. Yeah, but that text piece yeah. was written by Scott Beatty. Scott Beatty. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, that's 2001, for those of you wondering. Wow. Hmm. Do you, out of these three things, do you have a favourite story or piece out of those three? Um, I, I think the Beast Boy story probably had the... It was the most fun. I mean, yeah. I, I love Mr. 104 or Mr. 103 or whatever he's called. I, I think he's such a goofy villain and, um, yeah, he's he's just a good, solid character for the team to fight. Yeah. And he always gets away. He usually gets the best of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, don't so, think, I, 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 I seem to recall him escaping from them more often than they actually captured him in Volume 1. When the Doom Patrol Suicide Squad special, he gets killed by um, uh, Hyena, who's a Firestorm villain. Um, right. But in this story, they go. Uh, Jeff Johns goes out of his way to say that it took him forever to reform because he was sort of um, he had his throat ripped out and stuff. And oh, anyway, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he got better, so you know. <laughs> That's comic book science for you, kids. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, for for me, it's it's the Vertigo Jam story, just because that was my. That that was my entry point to the Doom Patrol, uh, and and my love affair with them with the the weird sexy ghosts, and mm. it just just blew my my tiny young mind because that came out in what ninety three, so I would have been uh, seventeen eighteen when that came out. So wow. very very young and impressionable. So gosh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was all downhill from there. <laughs> Alrighty, think yeah, we're all Doom Slained out. I think we are. Cool. Okay, so now it's the part of the show where we uh, look at the question of the week and the mailbag and stuff, and we encapsulate all of that under the heading Mailbag O'Doom. So, uh, last time on the show we asked everyone, what hero team in comics is most in need of an overhaul? And uh, we heard from a few people, didn't we, Mike? Mm, yes, yes. Yes, yeah, so first we heard from Jay Powers at Bay Bear 24 and he said, the Justice League, they've made to start adding some different heroes, but I'd like to see some more that don't have their own series, such as Firestorm, Blue Beetle, and or Stargirl. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. It's a yeah. bit more variety. Okay. Yeah, yeah that works from time to time. It's a, they've yeah. sort of got a flip between the two, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, give it time. I'm sure they'll shake up the roster again at some point. Uh, Carl Bakey at Sea Bakeware said, uh, I fell in love with the characters in the Great Lakes Avengers. Let's be honest, the GLA are more of Marvel's Doom Patrol than X-Men. And while we're on the subject, screw the X-Men, bring back Big Bertha. And he gave us uh, some artwork of the Great Lakes Avengers and uh, Big Bertha. 
So yeah, I've never read any GLA. No, nor have I. No. I hear it's fun. I should mm. rectify that in my retirement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we heard from Tim Price, seventeen, the voice of Mephisto, and he said, a "New Warriors." Uh, the first Civil War screwed them up so bad, and they deserve a chance to come back. Hmm, Firestar, Namorita, sounds like a job for Fire and Water podcasts. They already do that, don't they? The the Firestar and Namorita show? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've never read any new Warriors either. It's another Marvel blind spot. Mm. It's right. a bit of a trend with me. <laughs> Uh, we then heard from Ange, uh, Dr. Ange70, and he said, Creature Commandos, time for some fresh blood. Oh, I okay. love the Creature Commandos. I do, yeah. You know, I, it's the Monster Squad, but they do, you know, heroic missions during the war. That's fantastic. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to see that done some more. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we heard from J. David Weeder, uh, David Weeder, and he said, uh, New Warriors, another one for the New Warriors. Mm. Okay. Mm. Cool. Canadian Geek at Craig R. McD said Legion of Superheroes. Now, they've had a few shots at doing that already, though, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, but they're beloved, Michael, and people oh, want to bring them back. Right. Um, so people want to see them in action. But um, at the moment, we've, we're just getting blue balls from DC constantly saying, oh, something's <laughs> going to happen with the JSA and the Legion. <laughs> just wait. Just, oh, we don't know what we're doing, but, oh, it's going to happen. Well, so, um, Right, okay. Yeah, it, uh, but it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Right. And uh, Mr. Morbid, who um, on the Twitters, said uh, Legion of Superheroes as well. Ah, uh, okay. Mm, so another vote for them. Mm, beloved by two, at least. Yes. <laughs> uh, Martin Gray, at Martin Gray, said Primal Force! Exclamation mark. Um, I've never read Primal Force. I have no idea what their deal is. Uh, they were a post-zero hour team, uh, which featured Red Tornado and a few nobodies, right. and didn't last very long. Actually, I think, um, what's his name? The the Black Condor was in the team. I like Black Condor. Yes, but, someone, uh, someone did make mention of, of the Black Condor, but and I think he was like an air elemental, so I'm assuming they were all like, I don't know, elemental forces or something, but... I never read it. I remember yeah. the reviews were not, you know, stellar when it right. came out, but... Martin, you be you, Martin. <laughs> yeah. Go on with your bad self, Martin. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we heard from... Is it my turn? Yes. <laughs> okay. Then we heard from Clinton at Coffee and Comics, and he said, oh, let's be bothersome and say, Force Works. Now, now that, that was one that I did read. Oh, okay. But I can remember only bits and pieces of it. Uh, it was kind of like Iron Man decided that they were going to be more... Uh, the good guys were going to take the fight to the bad guys this time. Proactive. Uh, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Proactive, that's it, yeah. And so I, I remember, I think, uh, the red-headed Spider-Woman was on the team, and I think Wonder Man, and they had their special new secret base, which was called the Forge or something, and the first issue kind of had, a, I think, a weird, like, pop-out or pop-up cover when you mm -hmm. opened it up. Something weird, like an alien army popped up or something, and yeah, it was all going to be gung-ho and that, and then I lost interest after a few issues, and yeah. Was War Machine in it? He may have been, but 
I can't recall. I should have looked it up more before we recorded, but yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, we're 90s and extreme and we're going to punch the bad guys. And Was was Batman in it? No, he was not. No. Oh, that's probably why it failed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, we then heard from Slangword Scott at Slangword Scott. Sorry, at Scott Slangword on the Twitters. And he said, Power Company, but mostly just to see it return. I was good with the way it was. I could use more hero hotline in the universe too. Clue me in on Power Company, Paul. Never read it. Um, this was a corporate team of superheroes uh, written by Kurt Busiek. Mm-hmm. Um, fairly beloved, but uh, sort of a different take on the concept. Um, led by a man called Josiah Power, a black wealthy man. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was okay. It was okay. I think Kurt Busiek is really scratching that itch with um, Astro City these days. So uh, I don't yeah, know. yeah, and uh, I think they were creator-owned. Partly or something, um, so they they don't get much play in the DC universe because of that, I would say. Right. But perhaps mm. that's my reading of it. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, we heard from Sean Ross, Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. Hey, Sean. Um, and he's very funny. Uh, it's bloody annoying. Uh, he said the Teen Titans were in desperate need of an overhaul, but the new Young Justice series by Bendis has all of the members I would like to see on the team, so I don't know where they would go next. Yeah, that's a good point because I think, like, you can have Teen Titans or you can have Young Justice. You can't have both. They just can't fit in the mm-hmm. same u- universe at the same time. Yeah. Like they, they're basically filling the same void. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they cancel each other out. Mm hmm. Um, I'm getting very scientific here. Um, and then he, w- he went on, he said, the adult Titans also desperately need a new direction, but preferably one that doesn't involve them all getting shot in the head. Ouch. Ooh. Jeez. I, I know what he's alluding to there. Right. Oh, For yeah. those of you who uh, are familiar with the concept of Rick Grayson. Oh, head, right. Head wound Nightwing, as we call him. Um, <laughs> Clipped wing, more like it. Eh? Oh, eh? Oh, Wow, I can't believe I came up with that one. Uh, Saul Bishop, at Saul Bishop on Twitter, said, Legion of Superheroes, Justice Society of America, and New Teen Titans. I don't even know what the current history of these teams is anymore. Yeah, fair call. Do you want to hear my theory? I think DC, like, they did Rebirth, and they said, okay, we'll lay these seeds for what's going to happen with the Justice Society and with Legion of Superheroes. Mm -hmm. And now, and since that time, they've been arguing constantly about what to do. Right. So they don't do anything. Right. Oh, well. That's that's, that's my theory. Right. Okay. Because yeah. maybe they're just waiting for Jeff Johns to come back and you know step away from the, the TV stuff. And, and the movie stuff. Out. And the movie stuff, yeah. Come back, yeah. Jeff Johns. Oh. Mm. Or something. Um, over on Facebook, we heard from Jared Driscoll, and he said, they're humans. Uh, somebody has to be able to make them cool. Doubt um, it. Yeah, I... <laughs> I thought they were made cool once for that 12-issue miniseries as part of Marvel Knights, and uh, that was it. So. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I thought the Kirby stuff was kind of cool, but... Well, Marvel tried really hard to pu- push the Inhumans in the last decade, and I yeah. think everyone got sick of them. Uh, it got to the point where I saw... <laughs> I can't remember which iteration it was of the Inhumans, but yeah, Marvel were pushing it to death, and I just looked at whatever the press piece was and said, Marvel, just stop trying to make Inhumans a thing. Just stop. Mm. Just, you've yeah. already got the X-Men. Be happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also on Facebook, we heard from Baruch Narhon, uh, and he said, this is a difficult question. My main problem with teams 
these last decades has been that they overhaul them constantly and you don't have time to develop an emotional link. That's eh, that's an interesting point. Yeah, that's I, a good point, actually. Yeah, I mean, we, if you can you can do the opposite of what you want if you just keep doing things with the team, like keep changing them. It's yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. And but, like, you know, Marvel don't bring your logic to our party, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's far too logical. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's an issue I have with Marvel this constantly rebooting stuff. But anyway, DC does it too. But anyway, all right, Paul. Mm. Which now I have to get the wording of the question right because one of my answers may have been slightly snarky. Uh, so, which, what hero? Oh, okay. I have to drop that answer. What hero team in comics is in most need of an overhaul for you, Paul? Okay. Well, I'm going to go with the the big answer that I'm amazed no one said, and I'm going to say the Chain Gang War. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, you, you may need to clarify what that is for some listeners. Um, around the time of Nightfall, mm-hmm. there was a, a limited series. I don't think it was meant to be an ongoing, but it was limited, and it had um, it was basically about a team of uh, three working class guys who decided to do something about criminals in their neighbourhood, and they had a sort of a home built jail, and they started lock- capturing guys and locking them up. Oh. Um, and which sounded like a good plan, um, but it, it, they did, really didn't have a long game, and one of the three was kind of mentally unbalanced, and wackiness ensued, and it was a really good comic. Okay. Had spectacular art by um, Dave Johnson, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I, I really dig that comic. I had several letters published in it, which uh, always oh. is a way to get me completely on board. <laughs> <laughs> and... Also indicates that no one else was writing to it at the time. I'd right. Say. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it's a pretty cool comic, and um, yeah, I'd like to see them brought back. I think they're okay. an interesting concept. Uh, I, th- I think it's a mini-series type of concept, right. but I-, I think that would work really well in uh, different media. Like it could be a great TV show, perhaps. Mm. I-, I must admit, I thought you were going to answer differently. Um, I I thought for sure your answer was going to be Young Heroes in Love. <laughs> well, that's a good call too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, for what me, about you. Sorry. For, for me, um, this is a comic that I, I, it, it only went for twelve issues, but I loved it to death because it was so dumb and out there. Uh, but it really appealed to me. It went from ninety six to ninety eight. So again, I would have been like. 17, 18-ish. No, I would have been older than that. I would have been... I would have been like... (laughs) Yes. No, I went from 1996 to 1998, so I would have been like in my early 20s. Um, And that's a comic called Scare Tactics. Ah. Which is, uh, for those that are unaware, basically imagine a a rock and roll band, uh, but with monsters. So uh, you have like a lizard man and a wolf man on guitars, a big sludge monster on drums, and a vampire lady uh, on lead vocals. And um... so, so they're the Rolling Stones, really. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, uh, that's that sums them up quite well. I, it was yeah, for some reason, just the idea of this band of monsters sort of on the run from you know. The, the government agency that had them locked up and they're masquerading as, you know, people who dress up as monsters as their rock band shtick. 
it was just so dumb that it really appeared to, appealed to me. And I was reading up on it, and the, the writer Len Kaminsky, he even went so far as to get... Um, quote-unquote bootleg cassettes done uh, of a song that he actually got a band to perform as if they were scare tactics and they were going to give it out as marketing but until DC said well no you don't have the rights to it and also you're making your own marketing department look bad so stop it <laughs> so right. um but yeah and, and like they had a couple of one shots um uh, like with uh you know Catwoman, Impulse, Robin, Superboy, that to kind of promote the the characters uh, a bit more, but it never really went anywhere. And I would just like to see them back as a rock band on the run, uh, being you know poor, mistreated monsters. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I never actually read that one, but I know of it. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I don't know why I don't know why they didn't keep it. It's just one mm. of those things. Yeah, but yeah, I would like to see Scare Tactics back, and I'm I sure think, you're. Um... Steve Orlando's a big fan of that. Ooh, Steve, if you're listening, hook a brother up. You, know, <laughs> you, you can pitch it. You love your old school DC stuff. And oh, I, good. Okay, I thought you were asking him for drugs. Sorry. No. Paul, honestly. <laughs> I would DM him on Twitter for that sort of thing, not publicly <laughs> oh, say it on a podcast. Right? No, okay, I'll rephrase that. Steve Orlando, if you're looking for an idea to pitch to resuscitate an older DC property, may I suggest Scare Tactics? <laughs> it's beloved I, by at least one person. <laughs> I think he has suggested it, and DC went, uh, what else you got? Ah, oh. oh, well. Mm. A man can dream. A man can dream. <sighs> All right. Um, now, we got a uh, iTunes review last time, and we talked about that, but it was from the Raggedy Man. We didn't know who that was. And we said, get in touch with us, Raggedy Man, because you can have a Waiting for Doom postcard that we send to everyone who gives us an iTunes review. The the few and the proud, we call them. Um, and uh, it turned out it was Andrew Watton Davies. So thanks, yes. Andrew. He's sent us his address. He will be getting a postcard. And I think Mike's going to send him one this time. I will, yes. All the way from sunny Brisbane. Lucky sunny. you. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I think that's it for the uh, Mailbag of Doom. And for the show. We're, we're pretty much covered everything we need to. Oh. So next time on the feed, we will have a new episode for DCOCD covering Joker Last Laugh. That, that'll be that'll be a riot. Hey, <laughs> get it. Uh, and then we'll be back uh, with more Waiting for Doom, where we will be looking at the My Greatest Adventure Robot Man miniseries from 2011. Ooh, that'll be good fun. Yeah. Uh, and Paul, do we have a question of the week for the next episode of Waiting for Doom? We do. It's a really good one. Um, it is, what comic hero team is... No, that's the previous one. That's not that one. <laughs> bad, bad, Paul. Bad. I'm really thrilled that you're reading the script, but read the next few lines down. <laughs> ah. Okay, who's your favourite covert organisation in comics? Can't think of one. Secret agency in comics. I can't think of one because they're so covert. Oh, ah, get uh, it, get it. Ah, <laughs> I, uh, I do. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. awesome. Uh, yeah. Very funny. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, but um, if you want to reply to that, we will have that question up on Twitter. And, um, yeah, you can send a response there at WFDPod. We're also on email at waitingfordoom at gmail.com. Um, there's a Waiting for Doom Facebook page as well. And, uh, as always, head on over to Duck's website, mygreatestadventure80.blogspot.com, and have a look there too. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just want to give a little teaser. We uh, may be working on a bit of a enhanced web presence for the show at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saucy. We've got spiders working away at the moment. Yep. In the web. Our... Get it? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There'll be rumours on the internet about that one. Rumours and, <laughs> rumors and spiders. <laughs> wow. Wow. Alrighty, I think we're getting far too silly. So let's sign off there. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll catch you again next time for more Waiting for Doom. Waiting for Doom. Wipe the sound. I like small speakers. I like tall speakers. If they music, they're wired for sound. Walking about with a head full of music. Cassette in my pocket and I'm gonna use it. Stereo. Out in the streets, you know. Into the breakfast show Oh, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa Oh, oh, oh Anyway, let's have a promo and then we'll come back with whatever's after this. <laughs> and that's you. It is me. Ah, oh, this weekend in Patrol History quiz is gonna. Uh... I'm sorry, I should have done. Anyway, what's that ticking? Shouldn't I? If you want to stay on brand and on target. <laughs> let's like... do that. Sorry, I'm just dumping <laughs> segments left and right now. <laughs> Jeez, we're mucking around tonight. We are, we are, and this is going to be a short episode. Mm. <laughs> All right. Fart noise. Okay. Um...